안녕하세요. I'm Sarah. And I'm Grace. We're Asian K-drama fans who love to find the answers to all of our and your Asian drama questions. We cover everything from silly topics to sensitive and serious issues that come up as we binge. We'll also share some Korean and Chinese language tips, as well as our own experiences as diaspora Asians living in the UK and US. Join us as we delve into the details and context of the dramas that we all love. 안녕하세요. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Afternoon at Ask. And this week, we are very excited to have a special guest with us, Gavin Dietz. Gavin is a costume designer, as well as a fellow Patreon member on the original Afternoona uh, Delight podcast Patreon. Um, and he's here to geek out with us over costumes and dramas, as well as give us a bit of insight into costuming more generally. He's also our first male guest, uh, definitely for Afternoon Asks, but I think also for Afternoon Delight. Um, but yeah, anyway, yay and welcome, Gavin. Yay. We thought we'd um, bring some diversity to the pod by having like a white male on for a change. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Gavin, please introduce yourself to us. Yeah, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm a Los Angeles-based costume designer trying to make my way in the film industry. Um, in the past, I worked on things like uh, costumes for opera, theater, and dance. Um, but right now, uh, since I moved to LA, I'm looking for more film opportunities. Uh, but while waiting, I'm currently working on uh, costumes for an immersive theater experience, oh. um, which is like a month-long cocktail haunted house soiree. Um, in October, so uh, that sounds like so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a weird uh, mixture of like avant-garde meets horror. So, oh, yeah, wow, wow. Yeah. Um, but I've uh, been watching K dramas and BLs for two years, and uh, I'm not sure I know what Western media is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Well. Welcome yeah. to our gang. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, we're so we're so excited to have you on, Gavin. So thank you so much for agreeing to come and and join us. Um, and we're going to get to know Gavin a little bit more, and then we're going to have a, a nice chat about costuming. But first of all, I just wanted to um, pivot to Grace because um, this is the first time I've spoken to Grace since she got back from her career trip. Way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm still not over the jet lag. Uh, <laughs> I mean, part of that is that, um, you know, I got right back into watching dramas. And so then I want to stay up late, which is not great for getting back on track. Um, <laughs> so last night I was up until three watching Our Blues, which oh I'm now really gosh. enjoying. <laughs> um the first, you know, it, the the first story that Our Blue starts out with, I um, I, I had so much cringe uh, reaction to, so like it it was hard for me to get into, but now it's like I'm I'm into it, so yeah. I'm really enjoying that. But yeah, so that's not helping. But um, Korea was um, really good and really challenging. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've since had, um, you know, a couple of conversations with people about, um, you know, the the joy of vacationing when you have like younger kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that, you know, this period of time is really a time when vacations don't feel like vacations. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and doing anything that's planned is um, sometimes very difficult. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, you know, I talked a big talk about how like I've I've planned and I've, you know, done all this stuff and like researched with my career itinerary and like at least 50% of that went right out the window. So anyway, I will, um, you know, in a future pod, I'll uh, go into that in detail. But I mean, there were definitely really good parts. And there were definitely big challenges. Um, But I'm really happy I went and I got to practice my Korean a lot. Because just like you said, Sarah, um, you walk into an establishment or have an interaction. And because I look Korean and you know, because I'm Korean American, um, they speak to me in Korean. So I had to like, actually speak. And um, (laughs) I was I was surprised. I was surprised that like, words came out in a mostly understandable way. And that was encouraging. (laughs) Yay! Yay! And and did did anyone once say to you that you needed to, uh, like your career needed to be improved? Um, well, I did get into a couple of uh, like more in-depth conversations with taxi drivers. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I did mention, you know, like my Korean's not the best because I, you know, grew up just uh, replying in English to my, you know, parents speaking in Korean. And he's like, yeah, you know, you, you should work on that. You should, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you you can get better and I was like yeah I know I'm I'm trying I'm taking classes and stuff. <laughs> yeah oh. but for the most part nobody like uh, nobody actually not for the most part but nobody was like what's going on what's wrong with you I I um kind of I guess I sold myself a little short in terms yeah. of like yeah my my level of fluency so I'm I'm encouraged and I I want to go back and spend more time and practice more because I feel like I feel like you know you know actually speaking to people is the way to really um, really get fluent yeah yeah Yeah, really get fluent yeah cool cool right so in our first intro pod we gave everyone a little insight into our drama taste as well as our afternoon origin story so first off Gavin could you highlight some of your favorite dramas for us Uh, if we were to do like a five dramas to get to know me what would your Mm. five be yeah so I'm so glad we had that patreon post where we all shared the top five because (laughs) that that was a quick it was a quick to answer this question but it was not quick uh, for me to figure out at that time. Um, so I, my top five are five to get to know me. Um, I would say number one would be Mr. Queen. Ah. Um, and it's actually, it's probably not a surprise, but all three out of my five are historical dramas. So one would be Mr. Queen. Um, that was actually the second drama I watched after Crash Landing on You. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Um, 
Number two, Alchemy of Souls. Three, yeah. Move to Heaven. Four, oh, Week Hero I love, Class. I love Move to Heaven. I have not and, watched Week Hero Class, actually. Me neither. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really brutal. I will say oh. that. Um, yeah, I very, saw clips. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very much my name, but it <sighs> stuck with me. Um, like, it's a high school drama um, that those, like, really heavily with bullying but not like the glory type bullying okay it's sort of like a different aspect um but yeah it really sat with me some of like it's character de- developments where you have one character who starts out great but instead of becoming like instead of bad becoming good it's good becoming bad um ah. which i love yeah mm. um mm. and then number five is the red sleeve which oh. um cry my eyes out so <laughs> oh, yes <laughs> i haven't watched it yet because i heard that i would cry my eyes out <laughs> so I'm, I'm waiting for a time when i want to do that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I i didn't cry my eyes out to it <laughs> well, i think i think i've already said this on the our blues podcast at the end with leah but i am in the minority like i i wasn't a huge fan of the red sleeve mm. But I know yeah. most people were. So, and I watched it dropping live. And I think I might have had a different experience of it if I were to watch it now, knowing mm. a bit more about how it ended and stuff. So mm. I had a different expectation. But uh, I can totally understand why people really loved it and yeah. why people cried, yeah. Um, do you prefer... Because did you do a, like, talking with Leah about The King's Affection? Yes, I did a podcast yeah. with her. So I did prefer that i think mr queen same as you is probably one of my top top k drama historicals um but love between fairy and devil became my actual favorite historical just last Mm. year yeah which i still haven't finished i feel terrible that i haven't finished love between (laughs) fairy and devil um and i will confess i like i've started so many c dramas but i get to a I get to like the halfway point and right. then I, I like stop. Right. And bad. <laughs> no, you're not bad. I just, I, <laughs> I kind of agree. I think sometimes, especially with, I think if you're in the mortal realm, there's an element of stamina that you need to get through like the middle saggy bit of a sea drama, mm. I think. So yeah, I feel you. And then you're, you also really love your BLs, right? Oh yeah, I do. Uh, so drama wise um because i do have like a lot of thai um dramas on my in my top five but my the two that are currently that are korean would be uh semantic error and then live on me ah. um highly recommend those i um, will yeah i will actually be watching so we're gonna cover both of those uh on an autistic uh, coded episode actually with the guys because um they both have uh watched both of these dramas and think that they are the characters in there that are autistic coded so i've Mm. got to watch i've already watched semantic error so i need to now watch light on me in and amongst all the other june dramas (laughs) that are going on like it's a crazy month right for dramas why did they decide to drop all these amazing dramas in this one month yeah 
yeah it's crazy it's crazy yeah. and then and then also I don't know if you guys have so I mean we're recording this in like mid-June right so uh it's probably not gonna be out for a while but at the moment in time they've dropped both um Junho's drama King the Land and also uh Anbo Hyun and uh Shin Haisen's uh See You in My 19th Life did I get the title right yeah I think so I think I did um and they are both quite different dramas, but they're both centered around hotels. So for those of us who are watching hmm. them parallel, we're a bit like, and they're both Chaebol leads as well. So we're both a bit like, okay, so is this the Chaebol where his mum hates him? Or no, his dad hates him? Is it, which, one's, which one's the one with the, like, we're all, we're all getting a little bit confused, even though they are very, very different dramas. Like the, the Jun Ho drama is classic like rom-com mm-hmm. with um lots of classic rom-com tropes and uh, the other drama is a lot more whimsical and fantasy and it's yeah it's mm. got a really fascinating tone actually to it I'm, I'm really enjoying see you in my 19th life totally great. so gavin how did you discover the afternoon of delight podcast and what prompted you to join the patreon yeah so it was actually um the ken porsche episode of afternoon of delight so mm-hmm. after that show ended, it was so wild that I needed to know <laughs> what other people think about it. Yeah. Um, like just a hedgehog in a BDSM room is, <laughs> I needed to know if anyone else was mentioning that. Uh, so I just, <laughs> I just searched uh, Conforcian Apple Podcasts and came across the Afternoonas. Uh, I enjoyed that episode so much and saw that they had episodes on K-dramas that I had watched. And so I just kept listening until I ran out of the episodes um, of the shows that I had watched. And as for joining the Patreon, I realized that the new episodes were becoming something that I was looking forward to each week. So supporting them really just felt right. Yeah. But it's also co- become a really great community that I love being a part of. And now that I have so many more people to chat with about K-dramas, it's, um, it's really become something that I like feel I feel a community I feel like I have more than just me and myself to talk to so yeah 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 (laughs) it's it's so great to have you on our patron actually so I mean we actually do kind of I guess reflect the demographics for watching K-drama in the I think the patrons originally uh we were I think pretty much 100% women right or or people yeah yeah um and now we gradually have had um some uh <laughs> sorry I'm trying to find, like, make sure that I was like I was like did I sound really like gender exclusive there anyway so um yeah but some some um yeah some male 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 patron on uh on our patron so it's been yeah it's been really great that we're growing that community and and having lots of uh more diversity in in our patron it's really cool yeah so, so when I saw Gavin was a costume designer um, on my Instagram, um, and you guys should check out Instagram, and your Instagram handle, Gavin, is? It's uh, G-S-D-I-E-T-Z, so G-S-D-E-T-Z. Great. And we'll put his yeah. Instagram profile in, in the show notes as well. Um, yeah, so go, go and check out his Instagram if, if costumes are your thing, because they're really awesome. Uh, and I wanted to invite him on to discuss costumes with us, because on this podcast, we're really fascinated by how things work behind the scenes as well. Um, and we do want to find like other people that 
like worked on cameras. I want to find like people who subtitles for Vicky. I want to like ask them stuff. Anyway, um, so whilst Gavin hasn't worked on any K dramas yet, we thought it would be interesting to ask him about how costuming works generally. So. Gavin, could you tell us a little bit about how soon two costume designers get involved in a piece that they're working on? Um, and what do you generally have to work off of by at that point? Yeah, and I would like also like to say that I think listening to a podcast about Vicky's subtitlers um, would be a great episode. I love that. <laughs> um, but uh, costume designers usually get involved very early on. And it's kind of needed to be as early as possible because designers have evolved over time to not just be the person coming up with uh, clothes for the actress to wear, but today they're the head of a huge department. In film, at least, the designer hires their team, handles the budget, picks where the costumes will be made, and makes a thousand other choices that being brought in early is important. Ah. And for me... Yeah. Um, and I think for almost every other costume designer, we start off with the scripts. Mm. Um, in theater and opera, the amazing thing is that the scripts or lyrics are set in stone, but with film, and we hear this a lot with K-dramas, the script is always evolving or it's being written as the show is filmed, which is wild. Like that would drive me insane. <laughs> uh, but besides the scripts, designers will create mood boards and research boards to develop ideas, look at storyboards to see how scenes will be shot, as well as having several conversations with the director and writers to get an understanding of the artistic direction for the costumes and to make the productions as cohesive as possible. So how soon do the actors get involved in the costume design process and do they have like a say over I mean like if you have people that kind of come in and go like I don't want to wear that that it's just not you know what I envision as the cost like the costume for my character mm -hmm. do they get a chance to kind of like how how early are they that they can get involved that they can give that kind of feedback yeah I would say they like with me in the past it's always you have multiple fittings um this, it depends on how many, like what the production is, but that can range from like three to 10. Um, and I would say whenever you have that first fitting um, or even before, like maybe getting measurements for an actor, mm. uh, you would have that conversation about uh, what is like, who is your character? Not just like um, what's in the script, but like, do you have a backstory that you're developing um, for him or her, uh, and then um, you can sort of bounce ideas off in that first fitting. But then, as time goes, and you, as you get further along in the process, so like maybe the third fitting, uh, you would probably have at least for me more of those costumes nailed in stone, um, so things wouldn't change as much. But um, it really depends on the designer and the production. Yeah. yeah cool um and then can I ask you a question on your ideas obviously you said yeah. you work off of the script and then where do you kind of go for inspiration um do you have mm -hmm. conversations do you go outside of it how how where do the ideas come from yeah um so after reading the scripts um I like to uh just look up images like mood images um of what I think the um script is really evoking to me. 
So, for example, there was a a theater script called actually I don't even remember, but it was <laughs> uh, it was evoking like more of like a dark uh, metallic like rotten fruit type um, feel, or that's at least the images that I researched, and that's where it created the uh, color palette of the costumes. So, uh, and then once you have like sort of a mood board image, you can go into the actual like um, physical costume research. Yeah. I really like that description, metallic rotten fruit. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's very, yeah, no, I can, I can see it. (laughs) It's really evocative. I agree. Yes. Um, so when you say that you go into like the research of, um, for example, for something that's set in a certain period of time, do you have to go through like, um, some archival stuff to see how mm-hmm. things were constructed and things like that? Is that yeah, part of that? Um, some, sometimes it's construction, uh, a lot of time it's, a lot of times it's more of like the silhouette that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so undergarments what did they wear to like build up the structure of what they're wearing um the silhouette of like what did they wear um and then with film you want to be as accurate as possible because it lives like lives in eternity and people will pick it apart um so you you do want to be as accurate as possible um so yeah i would say like understructures silhouettes and then not so much how it was sewn because we cheat. We cheat these days. Uh-huh. Um, of we're not going to hand sew every every piece um, because we just don't have the time. But mm. uh, yeah, cool, cool. Thank you. So, should we talk about some of our favorites for costumes? Um, uh, maybe we can we can mention both uh, Asian dramas and Western. Sarah, you go first. Um, Yeah, so I think I've mentioned before, I love historical dramas. Um, So naturally, some of my favourite are the really sumptuous historical dramas. So Western ones would be, I mean, Bridgerton on Netflix is a classic, but actually most Jane Austen, (laughs) most Jane Austen pieces. I also really loved um, Marie Antoinette, the Sofia Coppola uh, uh, film. Um, I thought the like those costumes... They, I think they just looked like they had so much fun with those crazy wide like dresses. Um, mm. For uh, Asian dramas, probably the Chinese Xinxia dramas are like up there for me. So I've just wrapped till the end of the moon, uh, which was a Xinxia. Um, and apparently there were 5,000 costumes in this drama. And you can tell because they just literally, they're just insane. Like I thought that Love Between the Fairy and Devil had pretty good costumes, but this mm-hmm. was like a whole other layer. Like there were so many layers to their costumes. So they had like a really floaty ethereal thing to them, but you could see that they had like multiple layers and then huge, extravagant, long, massive trains, amazing headpieces. So yeah, I mean, the budget for this drama must have been crazy. Um, yeah. Gavin, what about you? <laughs> Um, yeah, 5,000 costumes in a drama, that's insane. (laughs) And especially whenever, like, I think about, they were probably all, like, custom-made, that's crazy. Uh, But for 
for me, I would say um, the Chinese designers are just winning it for best costume design. So uh, <laughs> shows like Nirvana and Fire, uh, Love Between Fairy and Devil, like you mentioned, um, they both floored me and every time a new costume appeared and they take the historical Chinese clothing silhouette and say, let's just make it more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in Love Between Fairy and Devil, there are these liquid gold or like water like structures on the shoulders. And I'm like, one, how are they wearing that? <laughs> yeah. How was that made? And three, how did they even come up with like such a great idea? Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I'm always, whenever I watch those shows like Love Between Fairy and Devil, Alchemy of Souls, I'm learning something as a mm. designer. Um, especially with what you mentioned about Till the End of the Moon, um, how they go about layering their costumes. Um, I haven't seen the actual show, but I think they do similar things with In Love Between Fairy and Devil is that they don't just like have a dress or something. They'll have their base layer, then another layer, then a third or a fourth to Mm. build up, add texture, um, add color. And yeah, I feel like I'm always learning something from them. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. But yeah. as for Western media, I think HBO really embraces the costume drama. So mm-hmm. The Golden Age, Game of Thrones, Gentleman mm-hmm. Jack are all dramas that I think have really beautiful and really unique costuming. Ah, uh, yeah, Gentleman yeah. Jack. Now you say it, that did have really, I loved her costumes actually. Mm-hmm. They were so unique, right? That kind of yeah. masculine tailoring on a, on a female lead. Yeah. Yeah, there are some great uses of plaid in that show, um, which is time period accurate. But I, I think we should bring back plaid more. Yeah, ah, <laughs> I agree. Um, I I also kept wondering, um, you know, in love between fairy and devil, how they kept those liquid gold and ice things on, um, yeah, and what they could have been made of because um, it it didn't look like it was heavy because mm-hmm. if I felt like if it was heavy, then it'd be hard to balance and move with them and be restrictive and awkward. Um, and that didn't seem to be the case. Um, or either that or the actors were making superhuman, you know, efforts to move gracefully with really awkward, huge structures on them. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. They like, I, I'm not sure if, if you would know like what kind of materials they might use for that kind of thing. Yeah. I, it could be either some uh, foam structures that they like build and carve out of foam. Um, uh, it might be things like resin that they like uh-huh. carved, molded, and then made a resin cast. Is is um, resin heavy though? I always thought resin looked heavy. It's like yeah, no. I think there are different versions. Some might be. Um, uh-huh. I think those might. Like, I think there might be a lighter version for them to wear. And then I, I did have another thought of, were they just CGI? Like, oh, because um, I, I think we were seeing like a lot more of like the FX going into costuming, at least in film, film and TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so with like, sorry, I'm going to nerd out on Marvel. Yeah, go um, uh, so in the Avengers Endgame Part 2, they go back in time and, like, have to wear these um, 
like special time travel suits and mm -hmm. they were all cgi and i'm thinking oh, like really? why didn't they just make these suits instead yeah. of <laughs> yeah had, like using fx to do it but wow that's um, interesting yeah i think so we're seeing more of the computer generated um yeah computer generated costuming in film and television so um, i was curious that they yeah. did that in puppets and fairy devil as well Mm. I was not impressed with the other CGI in mm -hmm. that show. <laughs> right. So my yeah. guess would be it was actual physical <laughs> costuming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the costumes were beautiful and the CGI mm -hmm. was a little a little hokey. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, um, it's the only C drama I've watched, so I haven't seen all of these like incredibly, you know, impressive costume dramas. Um, for for K dramas, I think my uh, favorites have been um, Mr. Sunshine, uh, Chicago Typewriter, and Pachinko, um, mostly because um, I really think that that era, like era of transition in Korean history, yeah. is very interesting because they, you know, they depict a lot of kind of newer Western garb alongside traditional mm -hmm. um, wear. Like, you know, the people are walking uh, in the street wearing totally different things. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so I, I really. I really enjoy that um, kind of juxtaposition. Um, and also um, Chicago Typewriter and Pachinko both uh, do a lot of flashbacks. So I think that the costume helps a lot with like telling the story of what era in time we are in, mm -hmm. you know, in each, you know, in each scene. Um, yeah, and 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 for Western dramas, I really enjoyed the aesthetic of Andor recently because um, I thought the costumes really played a big part in showing, like, because they're on multiple different worlds with lots of different cultures being depicted. Um, so you know, it showed like the culture, the class, and the roles of each character, and also um, I felt like everything was a lot more restrained. Um, mm. And it seemed like to really help convey the more serious tone of the show as compared with other content in the Star Wars universe. So, mm. yeah, those those are mine. Although, you know, Game of Thrones and Bridgerton also um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't watched Andor yet, uh, Andor yet, but I heard really good things about it and I definitely need to give it a watch. Yeah, it, um, was, it was really good. Yeah. I, I mean, my favorite um, Star Wars content is like, what's it called? Uh, Rebels, um, mm -hmm. which is an animated show. And um, the, oh, wow, I'm totally blanking on this now. It's the prequel where they're stealing the, the, the plans for the Death Star. Oh, Rogue One? Yes, Rogue One. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, Rogue One. And I mean, I'm I'm not I didn't grow up with Star Wars. So like, mm -hmm. I'm not like, you know, like emotionally attached to the original trilogy. So right. ha having watched all of them in like my early to now, you know, adulthood, I mm -hmm. those are my favorites. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Andor is in that, that era. Also. Yeah. I, I was just talking with someone about this, how 
everyone like hates on the new arc, not the most recent trilogy, but like the early 2000s trilogy. And mm-hmm. that's what I grew up on. And so oh, whenever people right. say it's yeah. bad, I'm like, no, it's actually good. <laughs> and the original yeah. trilogy is kind of dated. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. I do get hyped for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then people talk about how like, you know, groundbreaking the original was, but like, since mm-hmm. we didn't experience it back then, it didn't feel like that. Right. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's difficult to, to weigh that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, as with Pachinko, I also liked how you mentioned both the going back and forth between like the different decades, but also how you had the different cultures as well. So um, with the Japanese occupation of Korea, how you had like Japanese uniforms and then later on, um, Iman Ho and the traditional Japanese garb, um, I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, but with sea dramas going so grand in their costuming, do either of you feel like Korean period dramas ever feel um, lackluster, especially with different dramas having almost the exact same costumes? Yeah, I mean, I think that's partly the genre, right? So it seems like most of the K dramas, like um, like the kind of Seguk ones, are kind of trying to be historically accurate. So your crown princes kind of look the same your ministers <laughs> all look the yeah. same you're like your your right your right minister your right hand minister and your left minister <laughs> they all wear the same things yeah so i think there's that and i, I think that that's why i think alchemy of souls was good right because it's like a fantasy drama so they could play with costuming they had so much patterned print that is so like historically not accurate but i thought made really really lovely costumes like really something mm-hmm. different and striking um so i guess if i am hoping that k dramas go a bit more towards historical fantasy just for the fun of it and not always be stuck in like the court and and be you know fighting over who's going to be king and and who's you know which <laughs> grand which grand dowager is going to like win out um, so yeah. yeah if if they go that way i would i would just love to well i'd love to see those dramas but also just then see them explore more of that kind of more extravagant costuming yeah yeah totally mm-hmm. i mean but i i don't actually mind it so much because because I know you know the k-dramas are trying to be historically accurate um but I definitely do appreciate it when the saguks show more classes of people beyond just like royalty and servants inside the palace because Mm. you know they like you were saying Sarah they they have like a uniform (laughs) basically Mm. um so like for example in Songgyung Kwan scandal. Um, uh, Song Jungi's character, um, he's like a rich merchant's son. And so like, um, it, a lot of it is set inside this Confucian uh, Academy, uh, Song Jungwan. Um, but there's a bunch of it that's set outside. And his character is like supposed to be kind of like a playboy dandy. And, uh, and mm-hmm. I love his wardrobe um, in that in that um, drama. Um, so, like, you know, I I really do appreciate it when, um, you know, they go outside the palace because then you don't get as many of the uniforms. But also I um, appreciate the uh, consistency in costuming because mm-hmm. I can see, like, at first glance, oh, this, 
is set in the Joseon dynasty. Oh, oh, that is a Koryo story. Um, because you know the the costumes are different. The the Koryo ones look actually more like the sea dramas. Mm -hmm. um, like if, if you've seen like Hwarang, um, that's that's more of a Koryo, I think, mm -hmm. um, story. Mm -hmm. um, but I also I, I agree, Sarah, uh, that the you know fantasy historicals are are really interesting like um because they get to play around with that costuming and you know be more creative and take kind of the traditional uh korean clothing silhouette and um, make it more dramatic so mm -hmm. yeah i'm looking forward to um more of those kinds of dramas too yeah, yeah. um I do love that you get like a uniformity with uh, all the like Joseon. Is it Joseon or yeah? Joseon. Joseon. Um, mm -hmm. Joseon uh, period dramas, how they all like you get a uniformity, you know what you're getting into yeah. um, with those dramas. But I I like how it's also a dis almost like a disguise for like these actors because um I speaking of or thinking of uh the current Jung Ho drama, mm. which is I, what's the name of that one? <laughs> it's a stupid title. King the Land. <laughs> King the Land, thank you. <laughs> uh, thinking of King the Land with Jung Ho. Um I did not know that he was the same king in the Red Sleeve. Oh. So yeah. <laughs> I have the hardest time looking at these actors and then who have like previously played in these um, chosen shows are so Sogooks? Sogook. Yeah, so I had the hardest time recognize recognizing them out of their period garb. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think Junho especially, my first drama of his was um, just, uh, Rain or Shine um or it's also called just between lovers i think yeah um mm -hmm. and he looks completely different in that and i remember coming out of that drama and i didn't like i'm not a k-pop fan so i i don't know who 2pm are at all right so i watched this drama not knowing who he was came out of it thinking oh my god this guy this actor is amazing and then <sighs> was looking him up and I was like, I can't find his Instagram account. Like, there's this <laughs> other guy called Jun Ho, but he's like a K-pop guy, and he looks nothing like this actor. So I was like, where is, where's the Jun Ho from this drama I was watching? And then I realized it's like him, but with like, because in Rain or Shine, he has this really frizzy, bad frizzy perm going on. It's like, <laughs> like almost copper colored. And, um, and he's, I think he lost like weight. Uh, after either after the show or he put it on for very much. I don't know which way around, but he's like, you know, obviously he's in all these like, um, like Chanel ads and stuff, and he just looks so completely different. I was like, okay, <laughs> I can't kind of square like this person being the same person that I've just watched on this drama. He was like so completely different. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, you should check him out in that because it's just like, whoa, he's like a completely different person. I should. Yeah. Um, and I just found out yesterday he was an idol as well. So. Uh, I'm loving all these idols who I don't know are idols. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always a shock and a pleasant surprise that have more content to go well, like research after. Yeah. Yeah. I had, sure. I had 
I had the same thing with Park Hong-sik, who I didn't know was an idol. And I watched Strong Woman do Bong Song. And then I was like, oh, he sings. Oh, wow, he's actually really, <laughs> he's actually really good at singing. And then I looked him up. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they, I, I agree, they seem like totally different people uh, in, in their mm. idol personas versus yeah. like all of their characters. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I have trouble with that too. I'm like, no, that's no. <laughs> yeah. Now seems to be a good time to do our Korean language section. Maybe we can learn how to pronounce some of Gavin's favorite actors' names. Who who are your favorite actors? Yeah, who's actresses? your favorite? Yeah. Um, top three actors would be Rowoon, which I feel like that I'm pronouncing it right. Watch, I'm not. <laughs> um. With Ohan and Han Hyun. Rowan is actually pretty. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty ra- accurate. It's Rowan. 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 Mm-hmm. But that's his stage name. He's uh, Kim Seok-woo. <laughs> Kim Seok-woo. Mm. So. I like his um, stage name more. <laughs> yeah, it's much uh, uh, catchier. Rowan. Yeah. Yeah. Rowan. Yeah. Rowan. Uh, Rowan. And then um, okay. An Bo Hyun. An Bo Hyun. And Bo Hyun. Bo Hyun. An Bo Hyun. His name is Bo Hyun. His surname is An. An Bo Hyun. So um, his is not spelled exactly by the book, but um, a lot of people do UN for Un. Because, um, uh, like in English, like sun is UN. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it makes it easier, like, I think for Westerners to, like, because that EO being a, uh, like, nobody understands. And I'm yeah. not sure where it comes mm. from. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. An Po Hyun and U Do Hwan. U Do Hwan. Ah, so the W is not pronounced. Um, yeah, it's. It is like ooh instead of woo, but sometimes mm-hmm. you hear the W if it's like a second syllable um, because of the like the transition between the two. Um, mm-hmm. So ooh do huan. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, Grace. And now we can say three actors, three more actors. <laughs> we can try anyway. <laughs> yeah, we can. Uh, so I did have another question for both of you. Uh, period pieces tend to be some of the first dramas that come to mind when we talk about costumes. But do you have any modern day dramas where the costumes stood out to you or an article of clothing that you wanted to steal for your own closets? <laughs> well, I don't like to wear fancy clothes, but I definitely appreciated the female. Now I'm uh, again forgetting everybody's <laughs> name and everything. Uh, I'm the anti Amy, <laughs> um, but the the female leads costumes in it's okay to not be okay. I mean, mm-hmm. like her. Just, so, I mean, that's, so, that was her everyday wear, you know, yeah. but, you know, their costumes. So, yeah. 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 I love that scene where um, 
I think are they just going out for a walk or something? And she comes out in this like, I mean, she looks like um, Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady, right? She comes out in this black and white dress with this crazy hat on, and he's like, "Go and get changed." And she's just like, <laughs> "You, you know, he, you're supposed to be wearing something normal." And she's like, "This is my normal." <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah, yeah, she has. She definitely has one of the best best wardrobes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, I think for me, one of the fun wardrobes was um, specifically, like, so in Business Proposal, when, um, I think, is it Shinhari? I'm going to look it up. And then, but Hari's, Hari is wearing, like, her fake girlfriend costumes. And it's, like, really over the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just thought her costume was so fun. I think they were, I think the costume designers were having a lot of fun choosing the outfits to be really brash. Um, yeah. In a way that you don't normally get to dress a female lead in that kind of outfit because you don't normally have a female lead that is so like crass and like brash. But I, think, <laughs> I felt like they had a lot of fun, you know, dressing her up in in those costumes. Yeah, I, I really like how they, you know, they play with that. Like you can be a different person by putting on different clothes. Like and and like in it's okay not to be okay. It it also felt kind of symbolic, like this like extravagant daily wear was kind of also her armor you know mm-hmm. her because yeah, yeah. she's kind of standoffish you know to yeah. like almost everyone so it, it kind of set her apart put her kind of on a different level than other people made her like unapproachable so I thought yeah. that was interesting how they played with that too yeah mm-hmm. oh and the the shoes in Little Women they deserve a special mention like <laughs> <laughs> I loved how I loved how the director just like was obviously well I just just of shoe obsessed or like made us shoe obsessed because so many shots in that drama were just from the shoes and of the shoes or started from the shoes um so yeah amazing mm-hmm. shoes in that drama yeah I'm glad you brought up a business proposal because whenever she's um posing as her best friend uh we don't really question the like the choice of her going over the top with her uh like clothing choices because mm. that is part of the character she's playing um or she's playing a character playing a character I guess yeah. um yeah yeah as an actress yeah. but uh we don't really like question that it would almost make uh a, be a little bit different or almost wrong if she wore something that's Hari as her everyday wear um, our everyday person would have worn so I think they made like smart choices in um, like dressing her up going over the top in that yeah um, yeah and then I also love in that drama whenever she has that trying on outfit montage in like episode one oh um, uh, yeah yeah mm. that's always a good scene whenever shows have that for me uh, yeah, I I love yeah. trying. Uh, well, that's why I think you know for the because I think uh, Gavin, you and I share the same gateway drama, so Crash Landing on you. <laughs> when they yeah. flip it and it's Shumbin doing the costume trying mm-hmm. montage, and you're just uh, like, oh, yeah. I, I love this drama. <laughs> and I would take all of his clothes. Um, <laughs> he had great clothes. They also did it really well in. I don't know if you remember like hometown cha cha cha. So mm-hmm. uh, they have like a yeah a, a flip of him as well. Like he comes out wearing. I think there's like one time he comes out wearing like this mesh vest. <laughs> <I just> like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
it's it's like it's so bad it's like it's almost like he's taking they're taking the piss out of like the cloy scene because he comes mm-hmm. out wearing these things that just like even you know Kim Sun-ho doesn't make <laughs> even he looks slightly dodgy in them like they're so bad that was really funny yeah so um Gavin I think you did some research into how costuming works for K-dramas for us so uh, and thank you for that what do you think are some key differences versus western dramas and um it seems to me and i don't know if you you felt the same way but product placement seems to be a quite a large part of it uh yeah i think the biggest difference between k dramas versus western dramas is the impact of stylists especially on modern day set dramas so after doing some research it seems that stylists along with the actor's preference have the final say in what they wear on screen um versus in the west stylists are restricted to only dressing the actor for publicity events and everyday wear Mm. and that's not to say that stylists never become costume designers because some do dress small non-union film shoots or uh, music video shoots but there's also the costume designers uh, guild here in LA uh, that is kind of difficult to get into uh, that draws the line of who makes what decisions on sets. And ultimately, here in the West, the final decision is the costume designers. Um. Yeah. So I think there can actually be a perk of using a stylist, though, because their whole job is today's fashion and knowing what's on trend. While a lot of the time, as a costume designer, my head, for example, is in the past. So we talked about doing like research on like silhouettes. So it's we're always um, seeing what was in vogue then as to mm-hmm. what's in vogue now. Yeah. Um, and then a drama that combines the past and present um, is Hotel de Luna with IU. And oh, yeah. on that set, there is the style director Hong Suhi, the producer, sorry, Oh Chung Hwan, IU, and IU stylist No Juhi, but ultimately, um, it was IU and her stylist that this who decided what she wore. I I'm oh. so glad you brought up that drama. I totally forgot. She looked incredible in this drama. So yeah, yeah. that should be a top pick for costuming because like I mean, I loved her character anyway. I just love Manuel. Like I think she is actually she's kind of similar to Komon Young in uh, It's Okay to Not Be Okay in the sense that, that she's yeah, like true. so so self-centered so materialistic and so yeah <laughs> just just had the most amazing costume that throughout that mm. drama yeah I love that yeah mm-hmm. um and it's another drama that I have started but haven't finished um <laughs> and I don't know why because like I do like IU I do like mm-hmm. a good costume drama um I, I do have a somewhat difficult time with the like episodic mm. dramas, but yeah. I really do need to finish it. Yeah, um, I I kind of I liked a lot in that drama, and it's kind of interesting because actually that's my first Lee Do Hwan drama, mm. um, because he is a he's like a second lead in it, and I think um, I don't know if you find in this Gavin, but I find like there's not much chemistry between IU and i've forgotten his name yo jin <laughs> i'm glad i'm not the only one with this problem <laughs> but yeah yo jin gu is uh the male lead and like i think a lot of people felt like their their chemistry was much more platonic 
And actually mm-hmm. she had amazing chemistry instead with Lee Do Hyun. Um, so I found the fact that the drama was trying to make the leads have a romantic um ending with each other kind of weird. Because yeah. oh, I didn't yeah, feel me it. Too. Yeah. yeah, I um I almost finished it, but I think I accidentally slept through the last two um, <laughs> episodes, or like one and a half episodes, and then I was—I kept meaning to go back and rewatch it, but then I never got back to it. Uh, and I think that's part of it, like that—that that romance felt um, a little forced. Yeah. Although it means it means that you guys haven't seen the cameo at the end, right? Have you? I have not. It, it is. Cameo. It is the best cameo in a k-drama for me oh wow and 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 partly it's partly because when because they they basically show a lot of this person's body parts before they show you who it is (laughs) and and then and then i realized who it was before they showed his face and then i was like Uh... doing a like yes in a kind of like (laughs) congratulating myself on how amazing i was to have guessed who was the cameo because like yeah it's pretty iconic yeah yeah. Oh, so, awesome. That is uh yeah, motivation to go back and watch the last <laughs> yeah. for you, Grace, and for you yeah. to finish it, Gavin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's good motivation. But then I'll have to go back through and be like, wait, where were the other body parts show? <laughs> oh, oh no, no, no. No, I meant I meant they're, they're all in one piece. They're all in one piece. Oh, okay. it's, like, it's like one long shot where you don't oh, get to see his face. You don't get to see his uh, face for like a minute because they do a minute of him walking through the hotel. And ah, you know, uh, I see, you know. I see. Okay. So it's everything but the head. Yeah. <laughs> Until okay. sorry, I did a really bad job of explaining. That. <laughs> no, I was just like, oh my goodness, I've forgotten so much about this drama. Like, I don't remember <laughs> random flashes of body parts. <laughs> Um, so uh what if it's not set during the modern day uh that's where designers like joe song young who is a costume designer for uh shows like alchemy of souls uh, mr sunshine squid game and afternoon's favorites the sound of magic and black nights and actually do have a quote um about her like process and i'd love to read to you if that's okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like a full interview. So this was a question that the interview asked her. Since a lot of our readers are new to the work of costume directors, do you mind explaining simply the process of how you plan and produce costumes? Are you planning only after receiving the whole script? When is the time for actors to try their costumes? Also, we are curious to know more about the behind of your work. She answered, in most cases, after receiving the script, I first discuss the character analysis and the art concepts with the director. Then, when the draft of the costumes is ready, we move on to fittings and discussing with the cast actors. Then we do test shooting and start the filming. Usually, meetings, fittings, and adjustments with the actors start about two months before the shooting begins. Uh, but for works that take more than six months for pre-production, there are cases where we met actors earlier. For the drama Alchemy of Souls, I remember that fittings and test shootings were conducted three um, months before filming. So that's something that's also different from like film versus theater and opera is that we, we wouldn't get those test fittings or test test shoots. Um, 
the like once you get the okay to start building the costumes uh, and uh, once you get the okay from the director that's like everything looks good you'll start building those costumes and hopefully they look great under, under the lighting you might have what's called the dress parade uh where once the costumes are mostly done um, and fits the actor you would have them walk on stage under uh the under the lighting that's go, uh, under the final lighting des uh, design and uh, mm -hmm. hopefully to see if things look good um mm -hmm. or the right shade of color uh and if not you scramble to find something else uh and that sounds familiar yeah and keep your fingers crossed that everything looks great so but yeah that's something that is slightly different from like film and tv um mm -hmm. yeah but yeah. i think like her process and like our process over here in the west is very very similar wow okay yeah but as for product placement, I think it's a little more subtle and actually somewhat similar to how it works over here. Uh, with bigger productions and bigger names, designers are able to contact a company and get a certain piece to use for the production for free or marked down because it's pretty much free advertising for the company. Mm -hmm. uh, with Crash Landing on You, just the earrings that Yoon Suri wore her mostly so uh, Swarovski earrings from a certain collection and after they aired they would sell out in stores oh. uh, so fashion blogs in Korea are amazing for being able to track down that one sweater an actor mm -hmm. wears and providing a link for us to buy it ourselves yeah uh, and back to Hotel De Luna Insight a Korean media company evaluated I use clothing and makeup pricing to be $8,400 per episode wow, wow. I do wonder if they were able to make deals with some clothing vendors to get that price down or for a chance at product placement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they must do, right? It was like, it's like when the yeah. Nunes, it's when the Nunes covered Goblin, do you remember? They went and did some research on how much um, Gong Yu's costume, like his coats and the things that he wore cost. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And they were all so expensive, uh, proper yeah. designer clothes. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's interesting that you mentioned about the fashion blogs actually in Korea being so on it. So um, like this is so early in my K-drama journey, but um, so some of you might know who follow me on my Instagram, but I'm a massive knitter. Like I love knitting mm. and in, uh, and K-dramas have such good sweater game, right? They're, they're <laughs> so like good. amazing knitted sweaters and Hyunbin in Crash Landing on You is Captain Rhee, specifically when he gets to Seoul, has really amazing jumpers and there's like a couple that he wore that I was like oh my god I want to recreate that I look I want to knit that for my husband and like I was trying to work out and I was like pausing on the screen and trying to work out like how it was constructed and stuff wow. and, then I, and then I found I then I found I still haven't listed them by the way so I mean like I, that happened like a few years ago now it's still not actually coming out. but no I found this I found this Instagram account called Hyunbin Fashion and oh my goodness. Yeah, and all this person does is basically every time Shumbin makes either an appearance in like uh you know he goes to an airport or whatever or he's in a drama they just basically break the outfit down and tell you where to buy it and you know and so you get a prop so I I had mess I messaged him like I was so crazy. <laughs> I messaged this like Instagram account and I said like do you have 
the crash landing on you jumpers because I can't see it on your account. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do those in a couple of days. And so like, yeah, the next couple of days, he just put the two jumpers that I was looking for because I oh, sent wow. him a screenshot and, and he just like, he, yeah, he just tracks them down. I'm like, how do you know? How do you know this? Like to just do it in like two days. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. after all that work, like I said, I have not yet managed to knit these jumpers. <laughs> But I do, I do plan to one day. But like knitting them would would require like like figuring out the patterns and stuff too, right? Because the Instagram account identifies the actual clothing. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Or does okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I can knit straight lines, or <laughs> I did once upon a time. And so anytime anyone can like do anything other than a scarf, I'm just very very impressed. It's- <laughs> It's such a skill that, um, yeah, I tried in the past and I cannot keep counts. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's my problem, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll end up, I in, like first trying, first time trying, it was like the, like a trapezoid or something instead of like just a rectangle. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, how do you keep count? <laughs> you have like tricks yeah you just it's just it's like most things it's just experience so you end up like spotting where you've added some extra stitches and yeah but but also like you can you can just you know fudge it as you go so when you notice you've got extra ones you can kind of reduce it all picky knitters will go back and rip it all out and then start again oh my but yeah oh my goodness no I think for the I remember for the because I did do like so there's another jumper that um Ji Chang Wook wears in uh Gila I don't know if you remember it because it was only in one scene but it's like a Gansey uh, which is kind of like a fisherman's traditional uh, fisherman's jumper. Uh, it's cream colored. He wears it in the cafe. And I remember looking at that thinking like, oh my God, I need to like replicate that, like that arrow <laughs> kind of look. And, and so a lot of these like jumpers, you just need a really good shot of them. So you can see the whole thing, which is what this Instagram account does. So then you'll wow. also find, you'll find the like the knitting pattern is easy to find because in a way, because you just replicate something else, but you just do oh. it this in this design or you like replicate their colors and and try and guess kind of what what textures and things they're using um but like I think with the crash landing on you I never got a good shot of the whole jumper in (laughs) one so that's why I needed I needed him to tell me like where this where where the main product was from anyway I see (laughs) that's so interesting yeah when we were talking just now about how much like like each day of shooting or each uh, episode, like how much uh, the budget is for like the clothes. Um, it it made me um, think of how much it bothers me when like a, a like a female lead is supposed to be super poor. Oh yeah, and mm. and she just has you can tell <laughs> the quality of the fabric she's wearing. Yeah, is like that that's not something that she can afford yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so I'm wondering um Gavin um I imagine that you notice costumes a lot more than the average viewer I mean, that's the that's one thing that I notice but that I I mostly don't notice um so have there been dramas where the costumes felt off or wrong for a character or where some anachronism stood out to you yeah um I'm actually pretty good about turning off like the costume side of my brain whenever watching mm-hmm. dramas. 
just that if I if I didn't, I think I would be picking apart picking it apart so much more um, than I do. But one drama that does come to mind is not a K drama, but it's a Thai Lacorn called To Serve with Love. And Lacorns are Thailand's version of soap operas. So, like mm. here in the US, I don't think they have the highest production value. Um, but with To Serve with Love, it was so bad it's good. <laughs> and I recommend it to anyone if they want to watch a drama where nothing gets communicated except through eavesdropping. Um, there's also <laughs> mutating cicadas and oh timeless <laughs> costuming. Um, I wasn't sure if it was the 20s, the 40s, or the 90s. Um, <laughs> and I didn't know that. And I'm not really sure they did either. Uh-huh. But <laughs> You've um, really sold this drama. I now yeah, need to check yeah. it out. <laughs> um, and there's one shot, like in episode one, where it's like a traditional time in shirts. But the pattern matching um, is so off. It's really bothered me because that's <laughs> something I come I do come from a construction background mm. so I I think that's something that I know this more than anything is whether something's like made well or oh. if a suit is ill-fitting um or or if like a dress doesn't fit right I think I know this that more than anything yeah. else yeah. yeah um I do think that k-dramas have gotten to like a really great quality that their costuming choices are pretty spot on. Mm. And I might think some characters for still wearing their two jackets indoors, despite being home for a while. Um, <laughs> but my eyes usually glaze over when um, that happens. Mm. And uh, I did phone a friend on this question uh, who <laughs> also watches K-dramas and she's a costumer. Um, and she mentioned... Um, in Secret Garden, Hyunbin wears tracksuits oh, that yeah. are would be weird for real life, but are epic for the show. So I don't know <laughs> if they um, agree with her or not, but that could be a bad costuming choice. Yeah, I think I, I haven't seen, I've only seen like clips of it. So I think they're kind of shell suity almost, aren't they? I think, uh, yeah, they're like shiny, are they not? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did Google pictures, and there's there's quite well prints, sequin tracksuits, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. I, it did make me curious as to what's happening with this character to wear that. Yeah, man, I don't know, and I don't remember enough about that one. He blacked <laughs> out <laughs> to, to, to to venture a theory. Mm. <laughs> Maybe it went with his like kind of obnoxious jerk quality. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because we were just just before we started recording, um, Gavin and I were just having a short chat because um, uh, he paused his viewing of airs in order to do this podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we were talking about kind of more old school drama. I mean, the like the costuming, I think, in Boys Over Flowers and the airs is meant to be pretty something, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's the line of like is this bad costuming or is this just bad fashion of the time 
I think I think for Full House it was bad fashion of the times because you know it came out in the early 2000s yeah. and mm-hmm. I kept looking at the female leads costumes and being like oh my god oh oh like flashbacks to like when women were wearing like the really long like form fitting t-shirts with the really <laughs> short like with the really short like uh second layer you know with the cardigan mm-hmm. that's like a crop top mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that was definitely just bad fashion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um yeah so far in airs i am getting the loud prints um of the guy who's just recently in uh black knights uh so I think he's going to be a fashion icon for me to look forward to in the in airs. In the, in S, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Right. So should we um, round up by talking about what we're currently watching? Yeah. Um, well, I already mentioned that I'm watching our blues now. So where, where are you up to Grace? I think, shoot, I, I kind of, you know, I do this thing where you skip intro and then I don't pay attention to the numbers, but I, um, I'm in the story. I'm in the story, the, you know, cause they do like, um, like three episode arcs yeah. of yeah. the different, um, groups of, so I'm in the story with, uh, the high school kids. Ah, yes. Pregnancy right yes. now. Yes. And yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I-, I have certain feelings about like, the way certain things are handled but i mean it's compelling storytelling i cried i cried a lot in that arc but um yeah yeah, you can listen to the podcast i did with leo i i I haven't yet because i didn't oh no 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 yeah yeah afterwards afterwards yeah yeah yeah. what about you gavin what are you watching um i'm watching as we talked about airs um also, all the June dramas, King of the Lands, See You in My Life, 19th Life. Uh, haven't finished Bloodhounds, but I'm loving it. Buddha One uh, is just as amazing as he always is. Yeah. Uh, mm. And then I'm thinking about starting uh, My Country, The New Age, another Buddha One uh, drama, yeah. but it's, we'll see. That's a brutal one. It, uh, it was one I watched uh, a while back, but I just remember being like heartbroken at the end of it. So, you know, that's mm. just a preview, <laughs> but I'm sure you've yeah. that already. It's like very like <laughs> violent and then, you know, heartbreaking. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I started it um, and I didn't get past episode one because I was like, am I in the mood for something that this really does seem like it's going to be heartbreaking. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure if I was in the mood for it, but I've been into sort of like the bromance trope lately. So mm. I heard that was a good one for it. Mm. Well, Blood, uh, Bloodhounds is meant to be amazing for that, right? Are you finding that really brutal as well, violence-wise? Uh, not, not yet. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not as bad as I would say like my name yet, um, but the bromance is spectacular so mm. i recommend it on that front yeah yeah i really struggle with kind of boxing and violence kind of like hit that specific kind of hitting stuff so i'm not sure if i'm going to be able to take it like megan was posting on her instagram about how brutal it was and i was thinking like if she thinks it's brutal then it might be <laughs> it yeah. might yeah. be a bit too much for me i think yeah, yeah. 
so yeah so for me same I'm on the June drama so see you in my 19th life which I'm loving as I said and King the Land which I'm finding quite um old school and not in a good way so I'm hoping it picks up a little bit I'm finding it a bit too derivative and tropey it feels like a like if someone had told me it was a remake of an original drama that aired like in the 80s or 90s or something I would believe them it has that kind of feel um which which is yeah I agree um and like especially whenever like I'm comparing it to uh see you in my 19th life which has a it still has those comedic moments but it's for sure a different tone and that tone is working so much more for me than in yeah King mm-hmm. yeah I mean the thing is it's like um you know business proposal was really good in that way and that like it it yeah. had like so much of the formula of an old school rom-com but it felt really mm-hmm. fresh and new whereas I think King the Land um has all the formulaic stuff and feels like it's really formulaic as well so mm. I am hoping it will improve because Juno is just too good yeah. for like a mediocre like rom-com but I mean he's you know he is still like absolutely putting it out there like in the role and anyway so I hope hope we get more into kind of like we've got like glimpses of his kind of tragic backstory and the emotional wounds that he holds and stuff mm. like I'm hoping it uh, kind of yeah goes more in that direction um so we'll see um so yeah those are the two and then my uh one that I'm almost finished with is uh my perfect stranger which I I love um so it's a a murder mystery a time travel murder mystery um mm. with a little bit of romance but the romance is very much a secondary thing but the the murder mystery is amazing it's so twisty mm. danny like uh those of us on the patreon that are watching it um we're kind of chatting on each other's instagram threads and we're like we can't figure out who it is like everyone's got different <laughs> about who it is and that's wow. like a sign of a good drama right because we're two from the end so the finale drops um tomorrow and wednesday and yeah none of us know a what's going to happen b if anyone's still alive c who wow actually did it. yeah so that sounds amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i'm just hoping they nail the landing and then uh-huh. if they do this is like one of the top dramas for 23 for me it's really wow. good yeah yeah uh and then i'm also started someday or one day which is my first ever taiwanese drama and it's mm-hmm. one that gets a lot of um hype uh for being really good and i'm watching it i'll be honest because they're about to make a k-drama remake uh and i <laughs> and i and i want to watch the original because lots of people are like oh my god i love the original and like if they make a remake of it it'll never be good and it's um it's so it, the leads are for the k-drama remake are jun, jun, jun so bean I think I got her name wrong. Um, so she was the uh, female lead in Vincenzo. Uh, mm. I'm pretty sure I've mangled her name. So apologies. And also Angel's up from Business Proposal. And I'm pretty sure I mangled his name too. Um. <laughs> I can't correct any of this because I uh, <laughs> I need to see the career. <laughs> yeah, no, because because of our previous, you know, our, our conversation about how like everyone spells their name differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't be sure unless I've seen the Koreans. So how bad is like the romanization from Korean to English? Is it like does it vary like a lot or do you find um well I I think that um like 50% of it is pretty consistent and then 50% of it varies v- like 
wildly. Um, like, um, for example, you know the male lead in um, Love to Hate You? Yeah. Or Hate Te to Love You? Teo. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so he spelled his name, his his given name, T-E-O. Yeah. Um, because he, like, rightly figured out that Westerners look at that and think Teo. Yeah. Um, but if you would pronounce that based on the official Korean romanization, it would be Ta. So when I first saw his romanization, I was like, his name is Ta? <laughs> 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 um, it, so, um, yeah. But but then I figured it out by, you know, looking up mm -hmm. his Wikipedia. So, yeah, like some people do it by the book. Some people do it very different. And so you don't know unless you actually look up their, you know, actual name written in Korean. Well, it was really great um, talking to you, Gavin, about, yeah, you, you know, costuming and stuff. <laughs> I'm a very, very, by the way, I'm a very, very, very amateur costume um, person because I help out with elementary school plays. <laughs> hey, I mean, yes. <laughs> when you, when like you said... Yeah, when you said they like you know they dress up and then you have to scramble at the end, I'm like I'm, I I am familiar with the scramble, like yeah. running back down to the costume basement, like like. <laughs> I feel like if you touch costumes in any capacity, you can call yourself a costumer. So absolutely. Uh, you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, I Thank I you. I make uh, I scrabble together World Book Day costumes on a yearly basis, and yes. uh, I, I pray awesome. I pray that the kids will choose something easy every year. <laughs> 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 I'm terrible at it. I'm really terrible at it. Yeah. Oh, no, you I'm sure you're very good at it. No, <laughs> if I'm you can knit complex yeah. things, like you have the mind for it, I think. Well, that's the thing. Like, so Gavin, Gavin and I are probably the opposite, right? So what he said about knitting applies to my sewing. Like, I hate sewing. I absolutely hate sewing. <laughs> so I'm I'm one of these people that will knit seamless garments in order to not sew. Like I will, wow. I, will I will pick I will pick patterns based on how little sewing there is involved. And I'm not the oh, only my. one that does it. So thankfully a lot of knitting designers knit. Knit, like they designed for seamless pattern um that's amazing thank you for having me yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. it was a lot of fun talking about costuming um uh, with someone who knows about yeah, it exactly <laughs> yeah 감사합니다. thank you for listening we hope you've enjoyed our pod follow us on our instagram at afternoona asks to get more K-drama content from a writer's lens, follow our sister pod, Afternoona Delight. For any BTS fans, our other sister pod, Afternoona Army, is here for all your needs. If you want to hang with us and other K-drama fans, join us on Afternoona Delight Patreon. Go to www.afternoonadelightpodcast.com to sign up. 다음에 또 만나요!